Thanks everyone for being here this morning. Um, echo what she said, awesome Thanksgiving week. And I think uh, we went through four Thanksgivings. I think we smoked three turkeys. Uh, went through that whole process this last week. But um, Saturday morning, uh, was we were preparing for our last Thanksgiving and I was uh, feeling good about things. And I thought, okay, we get through this afternoon, can relax on Sunday, show up, hear a great sermon, and just kind of get ready for the week and kind of ease into coming back to, to school here on Monday. And um, I get a text from Pastor Anthony, and, and he and I text uh, on a fairly regular basis, try to support him and, and just stay in contact. And so I thought, oh, it's Saturday morning, I got a text from Anthony, no big deal. And I'm wondering what he's going to send me this morning. And I look down at it and it's, hey, brother, uh, I am really hurting. I think I'm going to need you to step in on Sunday, which is tomorrow. And um, I'm like, oh, okay, we can do this. And if you guys didn't know, about three or four weeks ago, um, I was prepared to uh, teach on family and, and uh, God's family uh, over... Um, it's right here in front of me, God's family over isolation. And uh, in the middle of the night, about one o'clock in the morning, all of a sudden the whole room started spinning on me. And uh, I texted Anthony. I'm like, Anthony, I, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do this in the morning. And I'm going to try to get some sleep here and, and we'll see how this goes. Um, and about five o'clock in the morning, and he did not respond, by the way, at one o'clock. So don't try texting him at 1 a.m. Uh, but uh, at 5 a.m., I'm starting to panic and, and could not get rid of, of uh, the dizziness. And so uh, on a couple hours' notice, he put together uh, an awesome message from the heart. And it really worked out well. And, and the message that he shared that day was incredible. And God really worked uh, through that message. And so um, as my son was sitting next to me on the couch, I said, hey, uh, pastor's sick. And um, or his back's really hurting him. And so... Uh, I think I'm going to be the one preaching tomorrow. And he looked at me and he, he said, huh, a little payback, huh? And, and, uh, but then, and, and this is what family is for, is that he looked at me and he said, well, at least he gave you 24 hours. You only gave him a couple of hours. And I looked at that as the positive side of, we got a little opportunity here to share from God's word. And so um, I know that the pain has to be severe for Anthony to not be here this morning, um, and I know this week, uh, hopefully he is getting in for an MRI. Many of you know that he had back surgery earlier this year and was doing really well, and then all of a sudden something changed. And so uh, as we do as a church family, uh, I just ask you guys to join with me in prayer this morning as we lift him up and the doctors this week. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the day today and just the opportunity to come and uh, be together as a family. And when one of our family members is hurting, especially our leader and Pastor Anthony and his family, Lord, we just lift them up to you this week. And Lord, we know that you are the great healer. We know that the snap of a finger, you can repair things and, and give relief. And Lord, we just pray for Anthony that somehow, some way, that he would get some relief. And Lord, at a minimum this week, that the MRI would show exactly where the problem is. We just pray for clarity for the doctors to see what is going on and be able to have a plan that would uh, help heal his back and, and give him some relief there. We pray for his family 
as they uh, continue to live life and just be around him, but uh, just uh, bless him and, and uh, Lord this morning, just give me the right words to say and uh, share here that it would have an impact on others here. And we'll give you the glory and honor in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, so this morning we're going to continue the sermon series on what matters most, and that is people finding Jesus. And ultimately, that is our purpose. As a church, as an individual, as a family, that should be our purpose. Um, a little over a month ago, uh, Anthony preached a sermon and gave us a challenge of kind of shutting off the radio, shutting off the TV, shutting off the social media, and spending time in, in God's Word and give God space to make a change in our life. So I would ask you from a month ago, did you take him up on that challenge? Did you spend some time with God alone and shut out the world to just focus uh, strictly on God? Did you spend some time in prayer? Did you spend some time in the Word? And did it make a difference? I think I can answer that for myself, and the answer is yes. And it, and it made a huge difference. And sometimes we just need that little challenge to kind of get us going and get us refocused. And so uh, as we're preparing for Christmas here in the coming weeks, we've got through Thanksgiving, we survived that with all of our family and all the things going on. Now we're preparing for Christmas. I would challenge you to make sure that you are making time for God, making time for listening. And we're going to get into some things here this morning and, and just the way that he can and does speak to us. And so this series is based on our mission statement. Uh, RCC exists to help people find Jesus and experience true life in him. And so really, that, I'm an educator at heart and, and always got to have a mission statement. You got to kind of help it focus you. And it can't get a lot more focused on that and clear. We exist to help people find Jesus and experience true life in him. And it's focused on our four church family values. Um, a few weeks ago, we had... Um, a membership class. And being a member of the church doesn't, you know, save you or anything else, but it does make you part of a family. And we're going to define that here in a minute. But four of the family values that uh, we share and we sit down and we, we talk to our potential new members about are God's truth over our opinion, God's grace over our striving, God's family over our isolation, and God's mission over our comfort. And so this morning, I'm going to take some time, and I know Anthony preached a few weeks ago on family over our isolation, but I do have felt just to share a little more information on that, and then we're going to wrap up with God's mission over our comfort. And so as we look at God's family over our isolation, um, we had a membership class a few weeks ago, uh, and we gave them a binder with this description on it. It says, we lock arms together as a diverse family in authentic, life-giving community. We believe that, that real is better than perfect, and real is on full display in the family. In the family, everyone has a part to play and has been gifted by God to fulfill their role. We will seek in every way to be a safe place that prioritizes gathering together and utilizes <clears throat> our gifts to grow together. There's a lot in that statement. And if you really read that statement and you believe that statement to, to be true, 
we truly need to be a family. And a couple of lines in there about doing our part, and everyone has a part to play and has been gifted to fulfill their role. Part I love is the safe place. This should be a safe place where we can share things with each other, where we can know that people are going to support us and not judge us, but come alongside of us and help us work through some difficult times. So I want to hit on several of these things this morning, but as I like to always do, let's turn to the scriptures to help clarify some expectations and learn how to move forward together. And so the, the first scripture that, uh, and, and this was actually a challenge from Anthony earlier uh, to me personally, um, I would encourage you if you have your Bibles to turn to 1 Kings 19, 1 Kings 19. Um, and as you're turning there, I uh, just want to kind of hit on chapter 18. If you have an opportunity this week, spend some time in 1 Kings and read through. But the storyline in, in chapter 18 is that Elijah essentially um, was going through some tough times and, and many of the true prophets had been killed. And so there was a challenge made and that the Israelites were uh, essentially worshiping Baal. And so Elijah put a challenge out there and um, in the end, what ended up happening was is that 200, God delivered 250 prophets of Baal to Elijah and they were slayed. And so he was faithful there and the people turned their hearts away from Baal and to the true God. And so um, keep that in mind as we start to read through what happens here in 1 Kings 19. So I'm just going to start to read uh, in verse 1. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how <clears throat> he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life when he came to Beersheba in Judah. Uh, and he left his servant there. So contemplate this again. Uh, Elijah, man of God, went through this whole process where he saw other prophets be killed. But then through this challenge, God delivered 250 prophets of Baal to him and they were slain. The people of Israel turned their hearts towards God. So think about what he just witnessed. And yet, in the moment, one man threatens him and threatens to kill him. And what does he do? He runs. Isolates himself. And so as we continue on, listen to the words that are said. Verse 4, while he himself went a day's journey into the desert, he came to a broom tree, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the tree and fell asleep. All at once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was a cake of bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, 
for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he'd reached Horeb, the mountain of God. And so here you are again. He's kind of in denial. He's running out of fear. And yet God continues to provide for him. Provides his food out of nowhere and knows that he's going to be hungry. Understands his situation. God already knows. And he provides this nourishment for him because he knows where he's going to go to. He's going to go for 40 days and 40 nights until he gets to Horeb, the mountain of God. And there in verse 9, we pick it back up. There he went to a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. And so he's focusing all on himself. It's me, poor me. I'm the only one left. And sometimes when we get isolated, what do we do? We start to think irrationally. When we separate ourselves from others, we don't really see the whole picture. Because what was the whole picture? He actually, 250 prophets were slayed. The Israelites had turned their hearts. And so, but he is sitting there thinking about one little piece of this and saying, poor me, poor me, and isolating himself away. And so as it goes on, the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, or shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind was, uh, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and he went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left and now they are trying to kill me too. So he doubles down. And even though God knows, he's going to double down on his statement. Okay? What I love about this passage is, is that, you know, so many times, I think we think as, as God is just, you know, putting a hammer to us and, and being uh, harsh on us in, in everything that he does. But the different ways that he could have shown his, himself here, it says that there was a powerful wind that tore the mountains apart and shattered, but he wasn't there in that wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. If we think about some of the worst things that we can experience, a fire burning down your home, a wind coming through and just destroying things, an earthquake, those are some of the worst natural, natural disasters that we can experience as humans. And he could have come in any one of those forms, but he chose to come in the last form with a gentle whisper. Now I will tell you, Elijah may have deserved to be hit by that strong wind, may have deserved to suffer through an earthquake, may have deserved 
to suffer through the fire. But instead, the Lord comes to him in the gentle whisper. And so as it goes on, and, 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 I, and I love this, because he comes in in a gentle way, but he's going to direct him right back to where he was. And it said, the Lord said to him, go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint uh, Hazel, king over Aram. And then also, and then it goes on to anoint others. And so what he's saying is, is hey, you're not in this alone. You never have been in this alone. You're going to go back the exact same path that you came from. And I'm sure he's sitting there thinking, I don't want to go down that path. But the Lord came to him and said, you're going to go right back down that same path. And I, I can tell you from personal experience, just in recent weeks, of I felt like I had told God, I'm going this direction. And uh, moving in a, into a different area uh, of a career, and what happened was, is that um, I was fighting, I was fighting, I was fighting. And the Lord just kept saying, nope, nope, nope. And then moved me into a position that now I'm right back where I was going down that exact same path, but with a different mindset. And so I think we have to be willing to listen to that gentle voice as we move forward. But I don't want to walk away from this with the point of the isolation is that so many times when we isolate ourselves, we deceive ourselves into thinking, poor me, I'm the only one going through this. And so uh, we flip that now to the other side of family. And uh, I looked up a definition. I, I think Webster's Dictionary still exists somewhere. Um, it used to be our authority, I think. But I love this definition. Uh, Webster's Dictionary defines family as a group of individuals related by blood, marriage, or adoption. A group of usually related individuals who live together under common household authority and especially who have reciprocal duties to each other. That first line, a group of individuals related by blood... And I, I think, you know, we all have our family that we're, we're related to um, by blood. But I want to think about God's family and that this term of God's family over isolation. We are related by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so that, defi that definition right there of being related by blood holds true to God's family also, not just our family's family. Uh, that way. This morning I want to share, a, and anytime I'm going to come up here, I'm probably going to share some examples. I like to tell stories of my family. But this is my family, and Heather and I have been married 31 years, and we're blessed. Blessed to have that family. All the smiles on the faces, a happy occasion. That was a wedding of one of my nieces. But in this photo, you see a lot of smiles, and you see a new grandbaby in there, and, and um, it looks perfect. And I think a lot of times that when we see a picture, we see, a, see a, uh, a group and we think, boy, they've got it made. They've got it perfect. What I see in this picture is, is that I see my wife that um, she was able to share at uh, Women's Intersection a few weeks ago that her story of that when she was 10 years old, her dad died in a plane crash. A rough time in her life but what happened was is that God's family came around her and helped her through that 
which makes her a stronger mother today than she would have been otherwise. The gal in the middle, Michaela, my daughter-in-law, um, lost her mother to cancer about five or six years ago. And again, because of God's grace, because of the support of her family, of God's family, she is going to be a great mother to little Amelia Rose. And so I, I, I show that family because as a family here at RCC, when we talk about a safe environment, I can tell you my wife, because of what she experienced, has drilled into our kids that the four of them, now five of them, eventually going to be six of them as we're going to have a new son-in-law here soon, um, should always look out for each other. We should always have each other's back. And within our church, that should be the case. And within God's family, that should be the case. And it's not always that way. And so I challenge us to think about that a little bit. I'm going to share a story about Amelia Rose. Our little granddaughter that was born um, last spring. And uh, as Weston and, and Michaela were expecting, uh, everything was smooth, everything was good, it was perfect. Um, and I won't go into all the details, but Amelia was born or in the process of being born and the cord was wrapped around her neck twice. Um, mom had been pushing for quite a while and um, ends up, they realized what was going on. They did an emergency C-section. She did not have uh, oxygen for multiple minutes. She did not have a heartbeat for multiple minutes. So when that happens, they give you some of the worst case scenarios. And they tell you, it could be brain damage, could be developmental issues, all these things. And um, this, this picture right here is a new thing that they do. They actually put them on a cooling pad and drop their body temp uh, to 92 degrees for 72 hours. And so for three days, we couldn't touch her, couldn't hold her. It was a tough time. And as a grandpa, <clears throat> you want to fix it. Couldn't fix it. All we could do was wait. But what we learned in that process was that we had a family. I remember clearly. Driving down the road, looking at God saying, why? Why is this happening? Couldn't understand it. And I was isolating myself away from the family. I started getting text messages. Anthony was one of them. Many other text messages, many other messages from people here in our RCC family. And what I realized is, is that that little girl was alive. And no matter what was going to happen, we were going to use her life to glorify and honor God. Well, the upside of this story is, this is Amelia now. And yeah, anytime you throw baby pictures up, things are going to go okay up here. Um, but six, six months old, and she is 100%, everything cognitive is great. Her development is great. Awesome end of a story. But we prayed long before she was ever born. Number one, that she would come 
into God's family and make a decision at some point in her life. And she's still going to have to make that decision for herself to follow Christ. But we also prayed that she would honor God and that we would honor God throughout her life. And what's really cool is, is that uh, my son and, and daughter-in-law um, live in Fremont and the Fremont newspaper grabbed onto the story. They were able to share their story and share God's provision, God's love, God's grace through that story to everybody that read that newspaper in Fremont. And so they've had, they've had an opportunity to share with many others their faith and be an example for others of how to rely on God and trust in God. And so we do thank you, praise God for that. So as we move on, so we've got our family. Now we go, and I've mentioned it several times, the RCC family. And there are many ways to get plugged in here to RCC. And just because you're part of the RCC family doesn't mean that that's not your, your ticket into heaven. Okay? When we go through the process of members, we make sure that they are solid believers. That's your ticket into heaven. Okay, but... There are ways to get plugged in here to the RCC family so that we can support each other. The same way that my wife talked about with our kids, you've got each other's back. We should have each other's back. And these are some, just some of the ways to get plugged in. Small groups, if you're not in a small group, get in a small group. The welcome team, this is something that's near and dear to my heart. I love standing out front and welcoming people into this building. They should feel welcome every time they walk in this door. The worship team, this morning, Awesome worship. Uh, appreciate what they do every week. They're here early preparing so that these songs go off without a flaw. Youth groups. So thankful for Eric and the team and all the people that come in on Wednesday nights. You've heard me say this before. But we have an opportunity every Wednesday. We have like 60 plus fourth and fifth graders that stay in the school right after school on Wednesday. You tell me a public school that has that. There aren't very many. But right here in Ashland, they stay there and our people get to come in, love on those kids, teach them stories out of the Bible, witness to them, support them every week of the school year. How incredible is that? Squad, uh, I think it's sixth through eighth graders are here. People come and volunteer to feed them a meal every Wednesday. And again, anywhere from 40 to 60 kids in that. And then Anomaly is the, the high school group that meets after that. They have fellowship Christian athletes earlier in the evening and then come out here. Again, what an incredible opportunity to make a difference here in our community. And so I can go on down the line. Sunday morning, Kids Life. Uh, I met Tom out front. And I know Dee's in here right now. These are people that welcome our kids in. And young parents, we appreciate you bringing your kids here to church every Sunday and we want to get alongside of you and we do baby dedications. That's the whole key to a baby dedication is everybody saying, we're going to come around you as a church family and we're going to support you so that hopefully this young, when they're a young man or young woman, they make a choice to follow Christ and make that ultimate decision there to be a Christ follower. Facilities, we always need people to help with that. Men's and women's intersection. This is a great opportunity, kind of a non-threatening opportunity to bring people from the outside into our church. If you're a woman or a man here in this church, get to those opportunities when they happen. Invite people in so that we can spread the good news and, and meet our mission. 
no shame ministry. And this is something that's new. And we're going to go slow on this because we want it done right. But we have people in this church here that um, struggle with emotional issues. And this is a sensitive subject. But our church is taking that on and trying to support people as they're going through that process. And then, of course, we have our missions teams that travel around the world or locally. And so those are just some ways that you can use some of the gifts that, that you've been given to get involved here. And, and I, I would tell you that you're going to be blessed a lot more than you're going to bless anybody else if, if you take advantage of that. And, and I kind of use the analogy of a Thanksgiving dinner. You know, if, if um, Saturday, if we don't bring the turkey, a Thanksgiving dinner is not quite complete. I think every year, my, my niece, and, and love her to death, and I really love her because she brings the rolls, which are homemade, and she brings the uh, um, chocolate pie, which is unbelievable, okay? And obviously, you can tell I had some on Saturday. But what I, what I say is, is that if she was to not show up and those items weren't there, we wouldn't have a complete meal. And so there's people sitting here that have various gifts. You need to think about where you can get plugged in and the gifts that you can use to have an impact not just to make somebody happy with a meal, but for eternity and help them make a decision to follow Christ. And so I challenge our church to think about that. The last part of this is, is beyond our family, beyond the RCC family. It's about God's family. And that's truly what this is all about. I know some of us struggle at times when we think about family. Maybe this weekend wasn't pleasant for you. Maybe it brings back some tough memories. Maybe there's some struggles there. Maybe there are family members that are hard to love. And maybe even our church family lets you down at times. And that's unfortunate if that happens. But what I want to tell you is, is that number one, we're human here. And so that can happen. But God's family... And God will never let you down. The God of this universe, the God that put everything in in the beginning and will see it through to the end. He desires for us to come through and have a personal relationship with him. And how awesome is that? We need to have, as Anthony challenged us, our quiet time daily. He wants us to come to him in the good times. He wants us to come to him in the bad times. And we should never feel isolated. Some of those groups up there, I know for, from stories that I've read on the front of our bulletin, on, on personal uh, testimonies that have been given here at the church, I know that the small groups have rallied around people when you most needed them. Okay? And that should be something that we do on a regular basis is rally around our people. So I've got just a few scriptures to, to take us through when we talk about God's family. And the first one is, is Galatians 3, 26 to 29. I'm just going to read through these quickly and then we'll get it wrapped up here shortly. Verse 26 through 29 of Galatians. You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed 
and heirs according to the promise. You've been adopted into that family. You've been uh, brought into that family by the blood of Jesus Christ. And what an awesome picture that is of the family. The second one I want to read is 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 through 7. And in there it says, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gift of healing by that of one Spirit. And to another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. And to another, distinguishing between Spirits. And I went on and on. The bottom line is, is that, again, being part of a team here, we need everybody to bring their gifts together. And in God's family, we need to have people step up and be willing to work together, again, for God's, God's glory, not our own glory. And so, um, the last part that I want to go over was our fourth pillar, and I, I assume that Anthony will probably want to cover this a little more in detail than what I'm going to, but I am going to hit it uh, just in case he's got some Christmas messages uh, here in the future. But uh, our fourth pillar is God's mission over our comfort. And I, I think this is probably the most difficult one because it gets a little bit pointed as far as I kind of like my comfort. I kind of like to do what I want to do. And I think there's times where we have to be challenged with that. And so I uh, want to read the Great Commission in Matthew 28, and I'll just read verses 18 through 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And I think that last line is the key, because this gets tough. It gets tough to go out there in public. And, you know, I, I use this example, uh, the, the first uh, service. But, you know, I think, well, some might say it's tough to wear this shirt too. But uh, Nebraska is famous. We got our N. We got our red. Everybody wears it. Okay, we're part of that team. We love that. And if you're a Creighton fan, I'm sorry. Um, or an Iowa fan, really sorry. Uh, no, but just kidding. But, but you know, we wear this with pride. And even on Friday, you know, uh, football game was at 11. We lost. It was like, okay, flip over the volleyball game. There's a chance we're going to win. Ooh, we lost that. Okay, and many of you may not know, but our soccer team, women's soccer team, was in the quarterfinals in the NCAA tournament. Love soccer. Flipped over there thinking, okay, there's a shot. No, we lost that one in overtime. Uh, and, and the only other thing that I maybe held out hope for was I was hoping there was a bowling match uh, Thursday or Friday night, and there wasn't. And so throughout the day, we lost those games. But we, we wear that N and we wear that red proudly, okay? Well, earlier this year, we started putting out some gear, little RCC gear, okay? And this was, some people would say, well, you know, why, why exactly are we doing this? I can't tell you when I've worn this how many times people have walked up and said, hey, you go to Riverview? Okay, that's awesome. Because that's an opportunity. That door is opened a little bit to share with that person. 
Doesn't mean you got to bang them over the head. Okay, but what it means is, is that it's an opportunity to share God's love with those people. And so um, as we wear this stuff, I think, again, we got to make sure, and I, and I would tell you, I hope that they weren't asking me, whew, I've seen some things in you, Scott. You go to that church? I hope that's not the case. But I'm sure at times, because I'm human, that that may be the case. And I think we got to process through that too. But this morning, I think the most important shirt or the most important statement would be, are you a member of God's family? And what does that look like? And uh, this morning we prayed here before we came up. Uh, one of the people in our uh, worship team here just mentioned that uh, one of his co-workers had a mother pass away. Wasn't sure if they were saved or not. But wanted us to pray that he would have the courage and the right words to say the right things to make a difference in that in his co-worker's life. And so as we're thinking about things this morning, again, ask that question, are you in God's family? And uh, have you accepted Christ as your personal savior, savior? And if not, today could be the day. And if you already have, I'm, I'm still going to go through these three verses. Because I think it's important for us to think about how are we going to share the gospel and are we prepared to take somebody through the gospel message? Because there is nothing, nothing more awesome than be able to sit and pray with somebody when they receive Christ for the first time. That's an incredible opportunity. So um, today could be the day. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. Romans 6.23 say that for the wages of sin is death. And John 3.16, the one we all know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him shall not perish and shall have eternal life. Those three verses are three verses that you can use to walk through that plan of salvation with anybody. And so this morning, we are going to take a time. We're just going to bow our heads because we don't know where people's hearts are. We don't know how the Spirit works. But I want to take an opportunity to pray the prayer of salvation. And if this is, if you're not saved, if you're not in God's family at this point in time, pray this prayer. If the, if the Holy Spirit is working on your heart and just repeat after me. So if everybody just bow your heads. Dear God, I know that I am a sinner. I want to turn from my sins and ask for your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. I believe that he died for my sins and that you raised him to life. And I want, to, want you to come into my heart and take control of my life. I want to trust Jesus as my Savior and follow him as my Lord from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you prayed that prayer for the first time today, I can say without a doubt, welcome to the family. And as the scriptures say, the angels in heaven are now rejoicing. And if you've already prayed that prayer before, you're already a member of God's family, I would challenge you at the end of this message to think about how are you using your God-given talents? 
Are you taking those opportunities when that door's cracked open a little bit to step through and share the gospel message with people? I would hope that this week we'd spend some time in the Bible and prayer and listen to God's whisper on how he can use you. Maybe even take you out of your comfort zone to accomplish the mission of bringing people to Christ. And I want to say that again. Listen for God's whisper on how he can use you. We need to be quiet and listen. But on the flip side of that, we don't need to beat people over the head with the gospel message. We need to love on them. We need to serve them. We need to be ready and prepared to share that message with them when the time is right. Because so many times we may deserve to get beat over the head, but it's that whisper, that gentle whisper that we actually get and need. So, as we wrap up, I would just challenge us as an RCC family, we should be praying for each other. If you need prayer this morning, the elders will come hang out here or out in the foyer. The staff members will be out there. Um, if you need some prayer for whatever item it is, you can always fill out the form, as Michelle, Michelle tells us every week, and put it in a box. I want to assure you, as elders, as staff members, as pastors, we love praying over every one of those, and we do pray over every one of those each week. Okay, so please take the time to do that. But if you want personal prayer here this morning, we would make ourselves available after the last song. And uh, we just want to make sure that as a family, we do that for each other. So I want to thank you and thank you for the opportunity to come up here this morning and, and share the words that God laid on my heart. And as we prepare in this season, look for opportunities where you can share God's love with other, others. So let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for the day today and again, just the opportunity to share your word. And Lord, I'm thankful that you don't just hit us over the head. That sometimes it's just a gentle whisper. Lord, I would just hope that we would be attentive to that gentle whisper. And that Lord, if, if I need a strong wind, if I need an earthquake, that Lord, I would accept that and I would see where it is that you're trying to get my attention. Lord, I just pray for each one here that we as an RCC family would focus always on being in God's family and how we can bring others to you, Lord. Just ask that you'd bless this week and bless the others around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.